throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Kaylee Ringo at the 21, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Georgia. Think about Loa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone, touchdown, Alabama wins. Seth Small, 10 of 11 on the year, from 28 yards away for an Aggie upset win. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Welcome to Student Section, a student media poll podcast. Your home for all things SEC football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Student Section. I'm your host, Jack Duffy. I'm a student journalist at the University of Georgia. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Michael Hull, a student journalist at the University of Florida. Michael, I mean, what uh, what else do I start the show with? Vanderbilt has won four games. They did it. They did it. They did it. They did it, baby. Our beloved Commodores. We predicted this. I think I brought it up first, but we both agreed on it in the offseason. Four-win Vanderbilt. We thought they were going to double their win total. We, not many other people were saying that. Their over-under on the on the season was two and a half. We were like, hammer that over. We think it's four wins. Four wins. And we were right. Did we think it would come against a ranked Kentucky team? Hand up? No. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> but Mike Wright, Clark Lee... In that Vanderbilt, in that Vanderbilt team, man, there's something, there's something about the Commodores. It, Commodores. It's, it's, I feel I texted you this. I feel like the pride that a father would feel when a child does something well. Yes. Like I, I think this is like the same amount of pride as almost like having a child, maybe. I um I think it's close. I think this is close. It, it's gotta, it's gotta be pretty close. Any right. fathers out there? Like, let us know, but I feel like we're pretty on brand with that. I'm so happy. I'm so I, happy for Vandy. I was elated. I mean, you sent the tweet out on the student section Twitter. I mean, it was this is the culmination of like basically our entire brand of this season. For when Vandy has been our brand, and we pushed it, we pushed it. We had a hit when we when Vanderbilt lost to uh Missouri. And we, we thought we might have been done. But real believers never give up. And on Saturday, they didn't give up. And with 30 seconds left, they hit Mike Shepard with a game-winning touchdown. Come on. Come on. With their first SEC game since Come 2019. <laughs> Will Shepard, shout out, five receptions, 88 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. Mike Wright. Mike Wright. Co-SEC Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, he deserves I don't it. know when the last time a Vanderbilt player got Offensive Player of the Week. Um, It hasn't been this season. I know that. Yeah. I mean, he was 12-23 for buck 84 and a touchdown through the air, and then 11 for 126 and a touchdown on the ground. Doing it by air, doing it by sea. I mean, what more could you ask for? It, it was it was it was incredible, and on the other side, man, we got to talk about something. 
stop. I this is my beg to the NFL draft community. This is my final plea to stop they're not gonna typing up future Atlanta Falcon Will Levis. If, um, if the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> draft Will Levis, I may scream. I may jump into a void and just never return. You should just become a Jaguar fan if yeah, that maybe. happens. I may, um, I may enter the transfer portal. <laughs> but, I mean, he was awful. Terrible. He, had, he was 11 of 23 for 109 yards and an interception, a 15.5 QBR. And he looked worse. Like, he was being pressured. He had six – he ended up with six carries for negative 16 yards after sacks. I mean, he made the Vanderbilt defense look elite. It, I don't – I don't understand it. Like, he's a above-average athleticism, I, I guess above-average arm power quarterback, and people just assume, oh, he's the next Josh Allen. No, he's not. Josh Allen was putting up numbers at Wyoming. He was inaccurate with the ball, which Levis is, but he was still putting up these ridiculous stats and he had the combine numbers to back it up. He had all this to back it up. Come March, come late March, early April, when Levis inevitably impresses at his combiners pro day, remember that I'm saying this right now. I don't think he'll be a starting quarterback in the NFL in three years. No, I I would I be surprised. I would be surprised if he's a if he gets drafted by a team and earns a starting role. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. only if a team is so desperate they have injuries and, and like Will Levis is kind of forced into the role. But I I just I mean, you have Chris Rodriguez Jr. on your team who's averaging nine yards a carry, right? One hundred and sixty-two yards uh, and two touchdowns in this game. He was excellent. You have an elite running game against Vandy in this game, which should open up everything you need in the passing game. Because if you're Vandy, you have to sell out to stop Chris Rodriguez Jr. And, I mean, he just he stunk it up. It, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, it, it's mind-boggling to me that he is projected to go third in most mock drafts right now. Like, Will Levis not a good quarterback and he's definitely not NFL starter material right now. It's this is like the big, like every mock draft has to have one, like kind of weird pick early on and being like, Hey, we're going to get, I won't, I won't say they're chasing clicks and won't are trying to get like interesting players in there. But the fact that Will Levis has been, in this like conversation for top five pick all season. And he just gets progressively worse. Uh, He should be out of this conversation. He should have been out of this conversation in October. Uh, I don't even know it's if he crazy. could have really in been in the conversation, but no, never, yeah. but he was a, he, he was not now. I mean, he was outplayed by Mike Wright on Saturday and like shout out Mike Wright, who got benched on September 10th after not good performance against Wake Forest. AJ Swan starts six games. He's rolled out against Kentucky because of an injury. Mike Wright comes in, does what Mike Wright does, runs the ball well, not super accurate with the ball, but made the passes when they had to. And I mean, yeah, like Kentucky, obviously really, really tough loss for them. Um, Obviously the season did not go the way many were hoping, especially after they beat Florida in week two. 
But man, I'm just so happy for Vandy. I'm so, so happy, happy for Vandy. So happy for Vanderbilt. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be there this Saturday because Florida travels up to Nashville. So I'm gonna be going to the Mecca of college football, Nashville, Tennessee. I I'll mean, be at Vandy. My allegiances are divided. So luckily I mean, here's I'm, the real I'm question, covering this Michael. game. I'm covering this game objectively, so I don't have any allegiances. But on the inside, I I don't know, man. Because I'm so proud of Vandy right now. Yeah. I'm so proud of them. I mean, um, what I'm just what excited. Would happen? What would happen? How would you feel if we get five with Vandy because they beat Florida on Saturday? Conflicted for sure. I mean, yeah. I'm just excited excited to to be able to like look clark lee in the eye and just just tell him thank you for his service you know i mean i for everybody at student section here we we just we thank clark lee clark lee is the man he's the man hey clark lee come on the podcast if you're ever if you're you're ever i mean we know you're an avid listener Mm -hmm. um so open invite we can make our schedules work for you yeah anytime day or night we are we are available and we will make it happen. But that was that was the highlight of the SEC weekend. We have some more games. Both of the divisions were decided this weekend. So we have our conference championship game. LSU is going to play Georgia in Atlanta. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how they got here. Uh Georgia had to clinch the East with a win over Mississippi State. And I mean, other than a terrible like two-minute drill run by Georgia at the end of the first half that led to a punt return touchdown to make it 17 to 12 going into halftime. Georgia was in control of this game against Mississippi State the whole way. Uh their offense was clicking. Stetson Bennett, uh two really kind of iffy interceptions, both of which weren't necessarily his fault. One of the plays his arm was hit and was severely underthrown and another play uh, kind of just a good play by the defender. Uh, Michael, I mean, this Georgia team, it seems like they're steamrolling into Atlanta and steamrolling into the playoffs. What, what did you make of their performance? And do you feel like they're rounding into shape here as we get close to the end of the season? I mean, yeah, they are like, I don't think anyone was surprised by that. Obviously, we've said this before at the start of the season. We knew their defense wasn't going to be all otherworldly, but it basically has been for most of this season. Um, I mean, you just look at what they did to Tennessee, and you can see that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see once they get to the SEC championship. I personally don't think LSU is that good, um, and we'll talk about their game in a minute. Obviously, they had big emotional win against Bama, all that, um, but – they should be able to steamroll LSU and then their real competition will start in the playoff. Um, Stetson Bennett keeps doing the Stetson Bennett thing where he's not overly impressive, but he wins the game. So like good for him. I'm still not going to say much about Stetson Bennett because I'm choosing to keep my mouth shut. Um, Learned your lesson but, from last year, apparently. Apparently. But hey, yeah. shout out Lad McConkey leading the team in rushing last week because he had and one carry receiving. for 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. He he put up 70 yards both rushing and receiving and a touchdown in both. So really good game out of him. And he's been kind of 
inconsistent all season. He's had some drops and he's had some muffed punts. So it was good to see him kind of have an all around good game uh, for this Georgia offense and kind of show like, I mean, early on, it was kind of the tight end show. Mississippi State had no answer for Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. I mean, not not a whole lot of people in the country do. But um, then they kind of started getting it out to Ladd McConkey over the top and, and open things up for the Georgia offense, which is good. But we're going to switch over to the game that Michael alluded to, a close game between LSU and Arkansas. LSU kind of in a trap spot, a noon road kick against Arkansas, who's been struggling uh, they're they're five and five now on the season. Uh, LSU coming off a huge win over Alabama, needing a win and an Alabama win to clinch the West uh, this weekend. And for a lot of this game, it looked like Arkansas potentially could have could have pulled off this upset. I mean, uh, even without KJ Jefferson, who didn't play, uh, they were Malik Hornsby ran the ball pretty well. Uh, along with Rocket Sanders, but then he got benched for Kate Fortin, I believe. Um, I think for LSU, the fact that they're in Atlanta in the first year under Brian Kelly, I you can take say what you will about this result, what's going to go down in Atlanta. They probably will be double-digit underdogs to a Georgia team that's number one in the country. But... I mean, this is a team that a lot of people were predicting to be seven and five, eight and four, kind of going into this season. Uh, we didn't, ha- we had no idea what to expect out of this team. So, coming off a, a game where they played Alabama really close, I don't think you can fault them for like having sort of this performance against Arkansas. And I think the fact that they pulled it out just proves that they're resilient and that they ca- they can play in these kinds of games. Um, because good teams find a way to win these games, especially when they don't have it. Um, so I I really like what I've seen out of LSU and, and Brian Kelly there. Uh, Michael, I'm curious to hear what you think of this result. Yeah, I think kind of what you're saying. I think this was just the ultimate letdown spot and LSU was let down. Um, they were able to pull it off, obviously, just because of the talent gap between these two teams, I think. Um, and that's credit to Brian Kelly to be able to pull this one out. But, I mean, Jaden Daniels kind of came back to earth a little bit. I mean, 8 of 15 for 86 yards and in an interception is not good. Um, hot take, I know, but that's not great from your starting quarterback. And like we said, Arkansas has been sputtering most of the season, been a disappointing year. They were without KJ Jefferson, and they are still able to not only hang around most of this game, but like, be leading or be tied for the majority of the game. Um, so definitely cause for concern for LSU. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they have Cupcake Week this week going up against UAB. Um, so and you and then they have Texas A&M they to have finish back out to back Cupcake Weeks. Let's get this right. <laughs> they have back to back Cupcake Weeks playing yeah. against UAB and Texas A&M. So they should be able to kind of find their footing again going into Atlanta. Um, But I agree with everything you said. They're going to be a double-digit underdog, um, and they should be. Georgia's just far and away a better team right now. Um, But, yeah, again, like you said, Brian Kelly is definitely building in the right direction there. Um, I mean, getting to Atlanta in his first year, that has to be seen as a a huge, huge success. Yeah, and I think, I mean, 
he got to the the SEC at the right time with Alabama coming off a, a rebuilding year and then kind of downsliding into this season. Uh, I think he rightfully took advantage of the spot that he was in. I, I like LSU had the perfect opportunity to win the West this year, and they took advantage of it with a weaker Alabama. Texas A&M, who came in with all of this hype, top six team in the preseason rankings, not even going to make a bowl. Uh, LSU perfectly put themselves in a position to win the West, and that's what they did. They only lost one conference game uh, to Tennessee, who probably is the second best team in the SEC right now. So I, I'm pretty sure, and we'll, I mean, we'll break down the SEC championship game when it gets time to get there, but. I'm pretty sure LSU is going to lose that game, but that is not a discredit to this team because LSU has been a very big surprise out of the SEC, I would say, this year. And I think them being number six in the college football playoff rankings this last week just proves that uh, being eight and two. uh, Definitely props to them. But they also needed one more thing to happen this week, this past week, to win the West. And they had a cheer for Alabama. They had a cheer for an Alabama win or else Ole Miss would have stayed alive. Uh, And we had Alabama versus Ole Miss, a back and forth game. This game was exciting. Um, I mean, Alabama for a lot of this game kind of looked like uh, they were in trouble, uh, but they sort of brought it back towards the end and then inevitably was the more resilient team and pulled it out against Ole Miss. Michael, what did you see out of this game? Yeah, I mean, this is just kind of who Bama's been this year, which is weird. Weird to say. Um, It was good to see Ole Miss kind of bounce back, obviously. Um, But yeah, it's been weird. This isn't Alabama. Uh, um, Because for a lot of the time there, it was like, wait, is is Alabama going to, drop to three losses like yeah. what is happening um but they're able to pull it out um they're, i mean they're tied going into the fourth quarter it's crazy yeah i don't think i don't like many people didn't expect that um yeah this is just kind of who they are like bryce young was able to carry them in this one 200 yards three touchdowns through the air um they they're able to run the ball decently well uh had 108 total yards on the ground which honestly isn't that good especially against this old miss defense that's been kind of hit or miss this year um it'll be a really interesting offseason in tuscaloosa mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see what saban does how he approaches the offseason i'm that's kind of what i'm looking forward to now because obviously bama has who do they have this week austin austin p austin pay don't know yeah. if I'm saying that right. And then they have Auburn. It's like they'll finish their year 10 and 2. They'll make a good bowl game. Um, and that'll be it. But where do they go from there? Because obviously Bryce Young's gonna go to the NFL. Will Anderson's gonna go to the NFL. Both those guys, top five picks. What what happens? I feel like there could be a changing of the guard coming at like the coach's position at some point. Not that Sam would ever be fired, obviously, but like he's getting up there in age. Does he want to go through a complete rebuild in this new NIL era that we're in? I I don't know. Um, He always said that he wanted to go out on top, um, that he would retire before it all fell down. So who knows? But that's that's kind of what I'm looking at now for this for this team. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Like you said, what they decide to do this off season, because 
uh, I think something's got to change. Um, Bryce Young and Willie Anderson obviously out the door. They're going to lose a significant bit of talent, but that's never been a problem for Alabama. They always recruit well, so they're going to reload. The talent will be there. Uh, but I think the problem this season has been the coaching and not necessarily from Nick Saban, but the coordinators. I, I don't think they've schemed uh, the team to wins, right? I, I think they haven't put their players in positions to win, and I think that's what's been killing them. Uh, Bill O'Brien, I mean, he's been in the conversation for head coaching jobs, hasn't been good uh, as an offensive coordinator for for Alabama, um, consistently putting out plays that is is kind of just looks like they're trying to make Bryce Young do something, right? Like, just make – Bryce Young magic happen and you'll be all right on offense, which sometimes it works like to this game against Ole Miss. We saw some Bryce Young magic. He put up three touchdowns and he made it work, but sometimes against LSU or uh, against Tennessee, like it's not enough. Right. So like, I think the coordinator position, they need to get a little bit more creative. They need to, to figure out how to be able to be more disciplined and put their team, put players in positions to succeed uh more so than they have this year because every single game that Alabama has played in this year it's been exciting it's been close uh it's unlike what we've seen out of Alabama in years past where they would come in as double digit favorites and you know what the result would be and so maybe one out of every 20 games there would be one that got played close every single game this season has really been close you had the Tennessee game the Ole Miss game the LSU game and the Texas game uh, Texas A&M as well. Texas A&M is three and seven. Um, that's five games that have all been played within one score. Alabama obviously is good. Nick Saban, as long as he's there, the dynasty is not dead. Um, but they do need to make some changes to make sure that those one score games, they kind of come out on top on, which they've been like half and half this season with. Um, so, yeah, I, I was – kind of hoping that Ole Miss would, would pull off the win here just so, to make it interesting in the SEC West in the final few weeks uh, with the potential of LSU playing Texas A&M and Texas A&M managing to show up and the chaos that would happen. Uh, but uh, the way it happened, Alabama still pulled out a win. Uh, they're eight and two. They're likely heading to a New Year's Six Bowl when, if they win out, um, whether that be the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl. Uh, probably not the Sugar Bowl because I think that's going to go to either LSU or Tennessee. Um, but yeah, Alabama still has a solid season. So the, the the sky is not falling is what I'll say. It's it's not falling and certainly not over yet. It is falling if you ask Alabama fans on Twitter. That's true. That's true. And it's not been a happy place for Alabama fans. It has not Twitter, been. Thoughts, but, yeah. thoughts and prayers to Alabama football fans. Two losses this season. How how dare they? How, how dare, dare they? But yeah, Michael. Any more games this week? This past week that kind of caught your eye. I know Florida handled South Carolina. Um, yeah, Florida handled USC thirty eight to six, and the one South Carolina touchdown was a fake punt. Um, so uh, Florida's defense hasn't allowed a touchdown or a point. Excuse me. They've having a lot of point in the last six quarters of football. Um, Anthony Richardson's playing at a really high level. 
obviously they have Vanderbilt this week, assuming they can they can get past the Commodores, which is no easy feat, as we saw last week. True. Um that that matchup on Friday night between Florida and FSU will be really, really interesting. Yeah. Um obviously FSU is also playing really good football right now. Um so if Florida can play like they did against South Carolina, how much of that was Florida's defense improving versus Spencer Rattler? I don't know. Um, I choose to believe it was the former. Um, so I'm excited for that matchup next week. Yeah, I and I I think too, looking ahead a few weeks now to Florida FSU, that's that's really gonna be a statement game for Billy Napier and where this program is heading because FSU's been playing really good ball. They're a top 25 team. Like, if Florida can show up for that game, I mean, obviously they need to show up for Vandy first. Um, but if Florida can, like, prove that they can go up against teams within the top 25, be in that kind of middle, upper echelon going into the uh, offseason, then I think you have some real momentum building. So it'll be interesting to see there. Auburn, my lock of the week was Auburn minus one and a half against Texas A&M. I won a second lock of the week this season. It's my second win. Yeah, uh, he did. Somehow. We were like 12 weeks into this. I've only won two. So this is, it's been a, a great season for my lock of the week. Um, but Texas A&M, I said it on last week, Texas A&M is a dumpster fire. And I just, I liked what I saw out of Cadillac Williams and Auburn. And they, they proved it to me again by pulling off a win against Texas A&M. Michael, I mean, do, do we really have to spend any more time bashing Jimbo? Uh, we, we, we spent enough time bashing Jimbo. It's a, it's a dumpster fire there. Um, be really interesting to see how he, how he combats this in the off season. Yeah. I mean, and it's, he can't, unless a Texas A&M booster wants to fork up $86 million, he's, he's, he's going to be the coach at Texas A&M next season. Like he's holding Texas A&M hostage and giving them three and nine seasons four four and eight seasons like this is this is absolute robbery on Jimbo Fisher's part so really interesting uh kind of breakdown there with that Auburn game because Auburn's not good either so the fact that Texas A&M lost is is really telling for that program week 12 it's cupcake week there's cupcake. not a, not a lot of good games this week but are is there any that stand out to yeah. you I mean, not, not really. No, no. <laughs> it's kind of a gross slate. Um, yeah. I mean, Arkansas Ole Miss could maybe be interesting with how Arkansas played LSU last week. Maybe depends on if KJ Jefferson's healthy or not. Um, UMass Texas A and M. UMass is a thirty-three and a half point For underdog. All you sickos I, I think out there, cover. <laughs> For all you sickos out there. Um, tickets for East Tennessee State and Mississippi State are selling for as low as $4. Oh, yes. Let's you go. can either get a Wendy's four for four meal or go to a football game. Um, so that's up to you. Yeah, it, it, it's not a it's not a good slate this week. Um, like Georgia, Kentucky, people thought was going to be interesting. And then Kentucky went and lost to Vanderbilt. Um that's that's the 330 CBS game. If you need any more indication that this is not a good slate of SEC football. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 certainly not 
I I mean, I think the Ole Miss-Arkansas game has the potential to be the best game out of this bunch this week just because, I mean, if KJ Jefferson is back, uh, I mean, last year that Arkansas-Ole Miss game was was a a thriller uh, back and forth. And Ole Miss is only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So Vegas is saying that this might be closer than the experts think even with how Arkansas has been playing this season. I mean, they're still fighting for bowl eligibility. So the the Hogs could come out and and show something. Ole Miss lost the West, obviously. So they might be a little bit sluggish. Um, For the Georgia-Kentucky game, I mean, this is – it's this game. It's the Ole Miss-Arkansas game, Tennessee-South Carolina, Florida-Vanderbilt – and Georgia, Kentucky are the only conference games this week. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's four conference games, not a whole lot going on. Everybody's playing FCS opponents. So, uh, Georgia, Kentucky, this is just a terrible mismatch for Kentucky. I mean, we've said it on this show a billion times, Michael. You say it the most that Kentucky is built like a Georgia light. They they love to play Georgia's brand of physical football they like to win in the trenches and and get the running game going and make sure they grind out opponents and try and win ugly uh because when they can't win pretty uh they'll they'll bring you down to the dirt with you uh with them and try and pull out a win but i mean listening to georgia's press conferences this week they're they're ready for that they they've gone kirby smart said this after the mississippi state game the Georgia defense, who is very young, has had to deal with three very different types of offenses in the last three weeks. They went from a traditional pro style to a really spread out wide, up-tempo Tennessee offense to a more like air raid, uh, dink and dunk kind of triple option, but the pass with Mississippi State. And now they get to go back to what they're used to. The offense they run, Georgia runs, is what they're facing. So they they're very aware of who their opponent is and how to stop them. This is a terrible matchup for Kentucky. The way they've been playing recently, their form is not good. This line is 22 and a half. It's going to be freezing by the way. It's going to be like it might be below freezing. Right now it's a 3:30 game so it's saying 48 degrees but like the low is supposed to be within uh the 20s, I'm pretty sure. So could be a gross kind of game from that standpoint. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. The only thing about Florida Vandy, um, it's supposed to be, I think, around 30, 35 when it kicks off at 11 a.m. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it's going to be lows in the 20s, highs in the 40s in Nashville this weekend. So maybe some cause for concern on Florida's sideline. It's just going to be weird um, them playing in that cold of weather. Um, but they're a run-first football team anyway. They ran for 374 yards last week against South Carolina. Absolutely tore them up on the ground. Don't think that'll change this week against Vanderbilt. Uh, they're a 14-point favorite, which feels slightly low. But also, Vegas is respecting Vanderbilt, which Vegas is huge. is respecting Vanderbilt, as they should. I mean, coming off their first SEC win in three years – you should give them a little respect. I, I feel like they've earned it. Uh, um, I might make a declaration about Vandy next season. Oh boy. That I, do you think they can, do you think they'll be bull eligible next year? I, we, I think we said this on the I show. Think we said that. I think I, we said that. I just want to I reiterate think, it. I think we both I agree. Think so. I, I think mean, so. 
listen, listen. We we made our bold claim in saying they're going to double their wins from last year. So they went from two to four wins. The only logical step from here is that they double again and go to eight wins. Oh, we're going to eight wins next <laughs> next going, season. They're they're going to bring in the twelve team playoff, and then there'll be actually sixteen games. They're going to go sixteen and zero after that. Uh, so this it's it's exponential for Vandy. Vanderbilt to the Congratu- moon. Congratulations to Vanderbilt on winning the 2024-2025 national championship. I mean, just just clap it up. Congratulations. Great work by Clark Lee. Cl- great work. Clark Lee, build a statue for that man. He's already <laughs> he's it's coming. But no, I do think this Vanderbilt team, the next step in their rebuild, and I think it could come next year, is bowl eligibility. And honestly, if they beat Florida. They're sitting at five wins, right? Five and seven teams have the ability to make a bowl game if there's not enough six and six teams. And they choose the most like academically sound programs. Like there's a list and there's a ranking based on like academics. And I'm I'm assuming based on the pedigree of Vanderbilt that Vanderbilt's going to be at the very top of that list. So potentially you get to five win Vandy this season and they could make a bowl. I it's, it's possible. It's out there. I'm just going to say it. It It is possible. Um, They would have to be either Florida this week or Tennessee next week. And Florida's oh, playing Tennessee. Florida's playing their best football of the season. So I don't think they beat the Gators, but I think they'll beat Tennessee. They'll beat Tennessee, Tennessee ultimate letdown spot. They'll be looking towards maybe playoff, maybe wherever they'll be. Their heads will be in the clouds, and then Mike Wright, Clark Lee, and the Vandy offense will bring them bring them back down to earth and, and catch them by surprise. This Vanderbilt team is not to be disrespected. That's that's what I'll say. My lock of the week, though, is going to go to a the Tennessee game. Um, the over under is sixty six, and Missouri put up twenty four points, I believe, on this Tennessee uh, defense last week, and I think South Carolina is better than Missouri. I I know results say otherwise, but I think um, this uh, South Carolina offense will be able to put up points on Tennessee. I'm going with the over because I also think Tennessee's offense will just obliterate the uh, South Carolina uh, secondary and have no faith in that whatsoever. After watching this season, Georgia and Florida and all these other SEC teams obliterate um, South Carolina's defense. So I'm going with the over 66 points on that because I think that's that's a pretty clear cut to me that that would hit. Michael, I'm gonna what's your I'm gonna go towards the chaos lock of the week. Oh boy, oh boy. And I'm gonna go UMass plus 33 and a half. Okay, okay. I okay. don't think Texas A&M puts up 34 points. That's that's honestly a good argument. I. Um, like Do we even like, believe they, they have the they capability. put up 34 all year against Sam Houston at the start of the year, they put up 31. So you're, you, they haven't put up 34 have, all year. They have not hit 34 all year. Oh yeah. They ha- put up 30, 31 against Sam Houston. And then besides that, they haven't even, they haven't put up 30. They put up 28 against Ole Miss, 24 against Florida, 24. They've been in that 24 to 20 range most of the year. Obviously, UMass is not a good program. UMass is like the worst FCF, FBS program, I'm pretty sure. They're one of the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who is the worst. I, they they might be the worst right now. Um, yeah. They're one in nine. Yeah. 
their starting quarterback has thrown two touchdowns this year. Um, That's good. They're not good. They put up 33 last week. Okay. So all they need, if UMass can score 10 points, <laughs> they should be able to cover. I mean, I don't trust UMass to score. I, I trust more in Texas A&M's inability to score 34 points than I do trusting UMass to score. They've scored 10 points seven times this season. Okay. So 70% of the time they've scored they score. Okay. 10 or more. Okay. Um, That's the sweet spot right there. No, eight, eight. Excuse me. Eight. Because their one win was against Stony Brook. They beat 20, 20 to three. The only times they haven't are against um, Temple, elite program. Yeah. They, they got blanks 28 to zero by Temple. And then Buffalo, who, I mean, come on, it's Buffalo. It's Khalil Buffalo. Mack went to Buffalo. Like, yeah. come on. They lost 34 to seven there. It's basically um, Josh Allen resides in Buffalo. Like, I mean. Yeah, exactly. They lo- only lost 42 to 10 to Tulane. And Tulane's a much better team than Texas A&M is at this point. They only yeah. lost 42 to 24 to Liberty. And I think Liberty's a better team than Texas A&M at this point. So, yeah, UMass 33 and a half, lock it in. A 42 to 10 win for Texas AM still is a cover. So exactly. That's so what I'm I, saying. I, I think that is a good lock. I actually really like that a lot. And you know it's what? It's too many points. It's way too many points. Texas AM, not good. They're just not good. I, I don't know who needs to hear that. You listeners out there that think Texas AM is good as they're sitting at three and seven, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not. But yeah, it's a it's a really gross week of SEC football. It always is when it's Cupcake Week, and then you're 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 getting into Rivalry Week here uh, very soon with Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, so it, it is crazy to believe that this regular season is basically coming to a close. There's two games left, uh, two weeks left, and um, we're gonna get ready to go with conference championships and playoffs and bowl games and all that breakdown. Coming at you very soon, um, thinking about it. But, yeah, Michael, any any last thoughts about this this week of college football? Nah, like you said, it's kind of a gross week. I'm excited for Nashville. I'm excited for you to go to Lexington. It's Student section is on, the, is on the road this week. We're both going to be very cold. Yeah. We're going to be bundled. Boys, we will be bundled up for yeah. sure. I, I know all of, all of the people up north, like – all of our big 10 friends who will say that like 40 degrees and below is like still t-shirt weather. Like, no, it is. No, it's very, not. it's very much sweatshirt, then a jacket and then like pants and, and severe bundling. Like that's, it is, it is. So I'm going with the pants, the long sleeve shirt, the sweatshirt, or maybe a, maybe a pullover, not sure yet. And then, yeah a jacket on top of that um a jacket that i'm borrowing from a friend because i don't have a winter jacket but they do (laughs) yeah yeah like it's it's i'm i'm fully prepared to to be freezing but it'll be fun i'm planning on going to the store and getting like like latex gloves to put under like actual gloves because i when i played lacrosse back in high school i used to do that when it got cold and Mm -hmm. And it would it makes your hands sweat. So I was like, all right, I might actually go to Walmart this week and do this because 
my hands are going to be freezing. So we're, we're taking all precautions. That's not a bad idea. I'm telling you. I'm I, might, telling I might do that tomorrow. That's not a bad idea. I'm telling you. It's it it's proven. I, I did it when I played lacrosse, and it worked really well. So I, I don't know who needed to hear that this week, but put latex gloves under your actual gloves. It makes your hands sweat. Life pro tip. Um, but yeah, with that, that is our show for this week. Michael, tell the people where they can find you and what you have going on. Yeah, so I'm still uh, hosting the Alligator Sports Podcast uh, for the UF student paper, The Alligator, or The Independent Florida Alligator, if you want to be technical about it. Um, And then I'm helping out just wherever they need me. So writing some stuff here and there. Uh, I was in the press box last week for Florida, South Carolina, editing, um, tweeting some stuff. So if you want to see me tweet about Florida Vandy, you can find that at Michael underscore Hall 33. Um, because who wouldn't want to read tweets about Anthony Richardson versus Mike Wright? I mean, I, that's what I want to do on my Saturday morning. I don't know about you. Saturday, but... I know what I'll be doing. I'll be reading Michael's tweets. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll be reading maybe your tweets about Georgia, Kentucky. Um, but where, where can I do that? Uh, yeah, you can read my tweets about Georgia, Kentucky. I'm not sure how much there will be because my, like I said, I don't, I don't know if my fingers will be frozen or not. So, uh, you can find my tweets about Georgia football and plenty of other Atlanta sports at Jack Duffy. That's D U F F E Y. Uh, yeah, I, I, I tweet a lot of nonsense. I, I, I tweet mostly yelling about Atlanta sports. The Hawks are, are getting back into things. The Falcons looked like they were going to be a playoff team and now are kind of sliding. The NFC South is is still bad, but I, I don't know how to feel about them anymore. But at least Georgia's 10-0. That's cool. So I have that to lean on, and I, I tweet about that a lot. So, yeah, you can follow me there. Follow this podcast at SMP on Twitter and Instagram. Like We have a lot of of really awesome content uh with the student media poll at student media 25 follow them uh with polls coming out every week including basketball which is underway men's and women's so be sure to follow for that uh and yeah come back next week when we we break down this cupcake week of college football and, and discuss rivalry week so we will see you guys next week